0: bible no i'm talking to you <laughs> you gotta you gotta have this word all right that word have i hid in my heart you know some of us have hidden it so well we can't find it right we, we we gotta stir that thing back up and get it get it to where uh you know when when life shakes us what comes out is the word of god amen because i'm telling you that with, without god's word you, there's no way there's no way for you to connect with the future that god has for you There's no way for you to live at the level of victory that God's called you and equipped you and anointed you to live at. There's no way for you to know what the will of God is for your life. There's no way for you to succeed without the Word of God. I'm not telling you you can't get to heaven because, you know, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and, you know, I'm saved and you can't tell me I'm not saved. Well, I can tell you that you experience a whole lot more hell on earth than heaven on earth and you could have heaven on earth if you'd get in the Word. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. (laughs) Amen. So, guys, get in that book. Do me a favor. Hold your Bible way up high in the air. Let's make the devil man. Lift it way up high. Come on. You can do it. Push. There it goes. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. Jesus name. Come on. Give him one more big praise tonight. He's worth it. Come on. Somebody shout a victory shout tonight. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Amen. You know, I think sometimes we just need to get loud, man. You should have heard me at my house today when the beavers spanked BYU. Dude, that's awesome. You know, beavers are 5-0 and 0 for the first time in 140 years. Something like that. This is crazy. Uh, they get so excited about stuff that doesn't matter. What about the thing that means everything? Oh, come on. Let me say that again. You get so excited about stuff that doesn't matter. What about the thing that means everything? Amen. We, we, we just ought to be pumped. Amen. Amen. Hey, a bunch of guys started Wednesday night, and they worked till about 445 today, refacing the platform. What do you think? Amen. Just, just, uh, man. What an awesome job! You know, actually, we figured it'd take about half an hour, and uh, <laughs> it was a, what a job. These, you know, just, just making it look good. Amen. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, think about it. It's cool, right? And and and, and it, it might, it might, you know, I don't know, might impact somebody, you know. The, but in reality. We work hard at stuff sometimes with things that make us feel a little better, I guess. I don't know. But what really matters, I think we need to take God and his operation in our life and get him back up on top again. Right? See, it's it's not wrong that, that we appreciate and enjoy this. It's not wrong that we're rooting for the beavers, all three of us. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. But that ought not be the top thing. Are you, are you hearing me tonight? That, that, that shouldn't be the, the thing that, that's driving us. No, it's, it's the goodness of God. And, and the awareness of His moving in our life and shaping us and forming us and molding us. Amen? And, and uh, you know what? Tonight, uh, we, as we just continue to talk about the favor of God, I hope that you recognize the favor that's been poured out upon your life already. I mean, just the fact that you aren't going to spend eternity in hell when you should. Come on. I'm not leaving myself out. I'm just talking to you. It's easier to say you should. Where should I spend eternity? In hell. That's favor. Look at the favor that God's already given you. But you know what's crazy? He He wants to show you more. He wants to show you more. Look at your neighbor. Tell him God wants to show you more. Uh, I, I'm going to try really hard to stick to my notes. Pray for me. What are you clapping? You're in a hurry. Okay, just checking. Just, just, just thought I'd ask. Yay, finally. Okay. okay. I'm already off my notes. It's not in there, but I'm going I'm I'm to bring that up four or five times tonight. I've never seen her that excited in church before. <laughs> Ever. It's weird. Luke 2.52. Luke 2.52, Jesus increased. He grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God. Jesus grew in favor. Jesus grew. Everybody say, Jesus grew. Jesus grew. Oh, say, Jesus grew. Jesus grew. We talked about this a little bit last week. If Jesus grew, it's because he had some growing to do. Right? How many of you realize Jesus had some growing to do? Well, if he did, you might. Right? So if he grew in favor, if he increased in favor, then you ought to be increasing in favor. Why? Because you're loving what Jesus loved. You're building what Jesus builds. You're living like Jesus lived. If he had to grow in favor, we've got to grow, and we have to increase in favor. The word increase, prokopto, it means to beat forward, to lengthen out by hammering as a smith forges metals. To beat forward. You know, sometimes it feels like you're getting hammered, but all that's happening is that God is driving you forward and forming you and shaping you and, and increasing His favor upon your life. Amen? Look, at the, I, I just want you to understand something. that You want to increase. You don't want to back away from the pressure. You, you want to understand what the pressure is doing. A lot of times we try to live life without pressure. Without pressure, things don't work. Come on, right? Your body, right, uh, operates because of opposing a, a force. That's what lets you walk, and, and and you know it's opposition. You know, think about your your car and the tires. If there's no pressure, they're flat. Not good, right? Think, you know, a, a, a guitar, the instruments, uh, the, the strings under pre- change the pressure to tune it. You, you know, sometimes uh, we we try to uh, to just you know. Lighten up the pressure and we end up getting out of tune. You know, you, you, you don't 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 shy away from the pressure. Understand the purpose and realize that God's going to cause all things to work together for your good. Think about it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. He has sent me to proclaim a season of favor. He's talking about you. The Spirit of God is on your life, and He has anointed you, and He has equipped you, and He has called you so that you could carry His favor. That's why we've got to allow our minds to be renewed. There's a purpose, and the stakes are so high. Romans 12:2 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Don't be conformed to this world and this age and fashioned after or adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. The entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you can prove for yourself what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. You you gotta prove the will of God to you. Man, you gotta get in the Word until you have the Word, the will of God proven to you so that you're not getting talked out of it all the time. Man, it's God's will for you to prosper. You know, what's really weird is that you would think that if somebody told a church that it's God's will for you to prosper, they all go, Amen! It is God's will for you to prosper. That's kind of what I had pictured. You know, but we get a bill and we make stupid statements like, well, I guess it's, you know, I guess it's not God's will. Of course it is. It's God's will for you to prosper. So don't don't get talked out of it. You know why you get talked out of prosperity It's because it hasn't been proven to you yet. It's God's will for you to walk in health. But then you don't feel good one day. Well, I guess it isn't for Everybody. Why? You know why you believe that? Because it hasn't been proven to you. you don't, it, the will of God's not been proven to you yet. You you need you need to allow God to renew your mind so that you can prove. I, I think you're trying to prove to your neighbor that it's God's will for you to be doing that craziness that you're doing. Trying to prove to mom and dad, trying to prove to the boss that it's God's will that you don't work, that you testify instead. Hello. Man, there are just these weird moments, isn't it, when it gets really quiet? You need to to prove the will of God for yourself. That thing which is right in his eyes for you. This is God's will for my life. It is God's will for me to walk with uncommon favor. It is God's will for me to demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of my life. It is God's will for me to be above only and not beneath. It is God's will for me to be the head, not the tail. It is God's will for me to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. You got to get that. You got to get that proven so that you'll quit wavering on it. And, you know, uh, 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 this ain't no roller coaster ride. One day we're up and one day we're down and it's all and we're all conditional believers. It just depends upon the conditions. Well, that's because we haven't allowed ourselves to be renewed. So we're constantly being conformed to whatever's going on around us. And God wants you to grow. And if you want to increase in favor, then you have to understand that a lot of times what's going on is you're getting hammered. You're getting beaten forward. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, you're getting beaten forward. <laughs> we want to increase in favor. Look at Deuteronomy 33:23. 23. Here's a guy. Naftali. This guy's a stud. Okay? He's, he's, this is one of the 12 tribes. Go study that later. One of the 12 tribes. Uh, but, you know, I just got to studying. I'm, I'm searching because I, I just want to communicate to you what God's laying you know, on my spirit, that he wants you living and moving and, and having favor everywhere you go. And look what it says about this guy. It says he, he is abounding with the favor of the Lord and is full of his blessing. He is abounding with the favor. You know what it means to be abounding? It means to have more than enough. To have a surplus. An unending supply. Sounds kind of like God life, doesn't it? To the full, to the top, till it overflows. And he is full of blessing. Well, I'm thinking, man, we got to find out about Naptali because Naptali is who we want to be. I want to put my name in there. Pastor Tom is abounding with the favor of the Lord and is full of his blessing. Don't you want to put your name in there? Well, how did Naptali get his name in there? So, I, you know, I typed in Naptali and start searching. Genesis 49:21. 21. Naptali is a dough set free that bears beautiful fawns. Huh. well let's just stop and think about that say Law. is a doe set free couldn't have said you was a big honking buck well then I read it in the New King James Naphtali is a deer let loose he uses beautiful words Oh, now we're starting to get somewhere. Now, tally is a deer let loose. No chains on me. It's all right to be called a deer by God. I'm hoping you don't run around calling me deer. But by God, right, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. He makes my feet like hinds feet. Those are deer's feet. Causes me to run to my highest places. You know what that verse means? The, the mountain that used to cause me trouble. I run to the top of that one now. Now, Tali, here's the guy who's abounding in favor. He, he's, he's walking in freedom. He uses beautiful words. That does not mean he talks real pretty. You know, you ask me how I'm, how I'm doing. What's my answer going to be? Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And people say, yeah, you're looking good. And I'm thinking, it has nothing to do with looks. The word beautiful has nothing to do with looks. It means extraordinary of its kind, marvelous in thought and speech. Beautiful is not a word that belongs to 85-year-old ladies. It belongs to you. God has made you beautiful. You're extraordinary of your kind. Marvelous in the way you think and the way you talk. And that Tali tapped into something because he learned how to operate in abounding favor. He used his words. Life giving words. Extraordinary words. Marvelous words. You know what's really interesting, and we have to go and do some back study. You can do it later. But uh, as I was studying Naphtali, I found out that most of the guys that Jesus selected as his disciples, not all of them, but most of them, you know, if you trace their genealogy, most of them came from the tribe of Naphtali. So when Jesus was looking for people who were going to help him change the world, he looked for people who had been raised in an atmosphere of beautiful words. It's awesome. You know, he, he used beautiful words. You know, I think maybe sometimes what we've got to do is look at how we are using our words. I want to increase in favor. How many want to increase in favor? Hold your hand up. Let somebody see it. I want to increase in favor. I want to bound in favor. Maybe it would be as simple as changing your words. You know, here's the deal. And again, to get back on my notes, oh, yay. Yeah. Just reading from the notes now. You are a warrior. Okay? You're a warrior on your way to your next victory. I think sometimes we forget this. You are a warrior on your way to your next victory. You are not normal, thank God. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not normal. <laughs> but you are uncommon. You're uncommon, guys. Guys, you're uncommon. And you don't want to settle for a mercy drop when God wants to deluge you with His presence. He, he, want, he, wants, to, he wants to saturate you with favor. Normal has a tendency to describe things. We have a tendency to change things. We've been created in His image, in His likeness, and that creative force is operating in us. And we want to tap into that and learn how to unleash uncommon favor. I want you to look at Deuteronomy 20 with me. Deuteronomy 20. When you go forth to battle. Let's stop. When you, when you go forth to battle to battle. You know what normal says? Normal says when sickness comes against my body. Normal says when financial hardships arise. Why is it that we always assume it's the enemy attacking us? Why is it the only battle we get in is the one we could not avoid? Our biggest battles are often the lines too long at McDonald's or too slow at jack-in-the-box or kids got the pressure too low or the wrong neighbor moved in don't you think it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and kick some real devil booty you know Matthew 11:12 from the days of John the Baptist even until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force Man, I, don't don't you want to kind of kind of have a change of perspective and where you realize that you know what? I, I'm going to take it to the devil. I'm going to I'm going to drive him out. I, I I'm going to possess the land, the the property that God's called me to possess. There's a position in life that God's called and created and equipped you, anointed you to possess, and you need to go possess your land. Hello. Come on, it's all about taking ground. Christian life really is all about taking ground. You can't hang back and sing eagle hits. Take it easy. That's what we're wanting. No, wrong song, guys. You, 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 you can't just sit back. You've got to get some violence going on in your life. I'm, I'm not talking about physical violence and going out and finding somebody and just, you know. I'm talking about spiritual violence. When you go to battle, then you're a warrior. You got to rise up and go to battle. You need to get some violence back in your life. Get an attitude that says, you know what? I'm going to demonstrate Satan's defeat today. I'm not going to hide inside until the enemy shows up. I'm going to go find him. Everybody's going, "Dear God. I don't want to I don't want to find no trouble now. I just need to calm things down." That's why you don't walk in favor. Have you ever noticed the kids? You know, how many of you guys got kids that are under 6? Look around the room, man. Lot lot of little, little lot of little kids. Have you noticed that they don't accept no very well? <laughs> I remember my boys, you know, I tell them don't do that. And, and I, you know, and I, I hated it because they say, why, Daddy? Why? Can I have this no? Why? They didn't like no. And, and they started growing and they started getting, you know, uh, better and, and more creative, you know. And, but Mama said, and, and you know, and, and they do everything they could. Yeah, maybe you and I need to, need to rebirth some of that attitude where we don't just walk off so easy, where we don't just cave in so easy, where we realize, no, I'm going to battle. Hello? I'm going to battle. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to battle. You know, think about it. When, when, when you go to battle, you, you get a violent attitude. How about some violent praise? How, how about some violent praise? Well, that guy, you know, that guy sitting next to me, he don't like it loud. Who cares what he likes? You know, there are probably, probably some folk that will just kind of slide quietly out the back. But why couldn't you be violent in your praise? Because your praise is a demonstration of the goodness of God. And it's the goodness of God that leads to, oh, you do know the Bible. It's the goodness of God that leads to, it's the goodness of God that leads to, some of you are going, what's it lead to, what's it lead to? Repentance. (laughs) Repentance, you've been taught all your life. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn around and go the other direction. The problem is, is that you're looking at it this way. God's talking this way. Repent. Is actually, it's a cool word because it's actually two prefixes put together to make a a, a word. The prefix re means to bring back to the original state of. Okay? The prefix pent is like in penthouse. It's the top. So in other words, to repent is to get back on top again. You were created by God to be on top, not beneath. So when you repent, you get back up on top again. Well, what is it that leads me back to the top? It's the goodness of God that leads to the top again. And when you see yourself rising to the top again, you usually don't go, thanks. You go, thank you, God. Yeah. Why? Because there's something about it that, you know, you've got to get violent. Some of you guys, need, you, you, you just need some pills or something. <laughs> Gus pills. <laughs> you you know, you, you need something to energize you, you know, a defibrillator. <laughs> get the life flowing again. I said get the life, you need it, you need it. What, what if you got violent in your giving? Oh, here we go again. Yes, here we go again. Trying to break that greedy spirit off of you, you know, and, and, and get you set free. Uh, well, if it isn't greed, then it's fear. And that's not a God. Trying to get you to realize that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I love to give. I live to give. I'm got my, God's called me to give. Well, what if we go broke? i tell you what. I'm going to live to give. And if I die poverty stricken, you can carve it and put it on my tombstone. He died poor because he gave to God. But it ain't going to happen. You need to get violent. You know, in every aspect of your life. I said you need to get violent. Look at your neighbor and say it's time for you to get violent. Get back up on top again. When you go forth into battle, you're anointed, equipped, called to live in victory. You know what that means? That means that it's a life of warfare. Because you can't have victory without battles, so you're going into a battle. But the cool thing is, is you can't be defeated. So you need to push fear and greed completely out of your life and give like there ain't no tomorrow. When you go, look at it. When you go forth into battle against your enemy, you know one problem that we have today is that the church has tried to make friends with everything. We ain't got no enemies we're just trying to be warm and fuzzy and embrace everybody because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. Wait a minute. I've got enemies. When you go forth to battle against your enemies, you know, the the world can't even tell the difference between us and them. Think about it for just a minute. Greed is your enemy. Poverty is your enemy. Sickness is your enemy. Depression is your enemy. If you've been depressed for 16 years, it is isn't an enemy. It's a housemate. <laughs> I made myself laugh. <laughs> Bitterness is your enemy. You ought not build on to make room for it. Some of, you know... People, maybe uh, Sunday, not tonight, but Sunday morning, people need a 40-foot trailer to haul their bitterness around with them. You know, they roll into church service and they take up six rows. It's it's the bitter gang. And, 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 you know, but why? Well, because bitterness has not become your enemy. You've befriended it. You've befriended unforgiveness. That's why you've had a problem with that guy for 12 years. Hello? You got to know what it is that is destroying your life. What it is that's containing your life. And you need to declare war on it. Not one more day. Bitterness? Not one more day. Depression? Not one more day. Anger? Not one more day. Poverty? Not one more day. I'm going to war. Read it. When you go out to battle against your enemies, check it out, and you see the horses and you see chariots and armies greater than your own. Why is it the enemy's always bigger than you are? I mean, why couldn't we just find a midget problem? Let's go let's let's go find a three foot attitude and thrash him. I don't want to deal with anything big. Have you ever noticed? Well, you know, those little little things, you know, like the flat tire spirit. People losing their salvation over a flat tire because the devil flattened their tire. No, that was a nail. You know, you, 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 you think it's warfare. You think all hell's come against you. The world calls it life. Our enemy is always bigger than we are because that's the way God makes him. Sometimes the mountain is so tall so that you'll have to climb and climb and climb till you run out of your strength so you recognize your need for his. Goliath was huge. God grew him big, fed him garlic, and gave him an attitude. But did you notice that David... Couldn't have cared less. David asked three times, what do I get if I kill him? Have you seen the size of him? What do I get if I kill him? He's so much bigger than you are. What do I get if I kill him? Just a thought. Have you ever asked God, what do I get if I kill this enemy in my life? What do I get if I drive out unforgiveness and never let them back? See, according to Hebrews 11:6, without faith it's impossible to please God, but those that come to God must believe and believe that He is an, a re, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I got to tell you something tonight: that God ain't got any problem rewarding you if you walk in obedience. So why wouldn't you ask the question, "What will I get if I kill this devil?" Think about Jonah for a minute. Jonah running from God. He was called to preach to people he didn't like. Ever have that happen to you? Me either. (laughs) Just saying that. I've never known that. But God prepared a great fish for Jonah. I've always thought it was interesting that God prepared the fish for Jonah, but he did not prepare Jonah for the fish. He prepared a great fish for Jonah. The thing that God's prepared for you is always bigger than you are. When you go out to fight your enemy and you see that he's bigger than you are, read it. When you go out against your enemy and you see the horses, and you see the chariots, and you see the army greater than your own, do not be afraid. Look at your neighbor say, do not be afraid. You know what? Fear is often the indicator that you have forgotten whose side you're on. For the Lord thy God is with thee. For the Lord thy God is with you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's who's with you. The Lord is on my side. He's with you. you are not alone. You can have confidence, not in your strength, but in His. See, God has set you up. But He set you up for yet another victory. So you got to get an attitude to take hold of that victory and that reality. You know, it's not a great idea to take self-defense classes 20 minutes into hand-to-hand combat. And when you start building faith in the midst of a battle, it's usually a sign that you don't have enough faith to start with. You've been equipped and anointed and called by God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So now what should you do? How about go get your victory? How about realize that you're not on your own? You, you know, it says when you go to battle, you're going whether you like it or not. You can't sit around here and hang on back. you got to get up and you got to go get it. And you got to stand up and fight your enemy. And if you say tonight, I don't have one, then fight for your neighbor. Because he's got four of them. Look at your neighbor and say, i got you covered. You need to define your enemy and then go break that sucker's back. And if you have a hard time discerning what the enemy is in your world, ask somebody close to you. Because they can tell you. Well, you know, isn't it weird that you can discern what his enemy is, but you have a problem seeing your own. You need to define that enemy, and you need to go get it. Let's just read this whole thing, verse 1 through 8. When you go forth to battle. Against your enemies, and you see horses and chariots, armies greater than your own. Don't be afraid for the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He is with you. And when you come near to the battle, the priest shall approach and speak to the men. And he's going to say, Hear, O Israel, and draw near this day to battle against your enemy. Let not, let not your mind and heart faint. Fear not. Do not tremble or be terrified and in dread because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officers will speak to the people saying, What man is there who's built a new house and has not dedicated dedicated it? Let him return to his house lest he die in a battle. Somebody else dedicate it. And the man who's planted a vineyard has not used the fruit of it. Go home, lest you die in battle and somebody else eat your fruit. And if you betroth the wife and you haven't even been with her, you better get back to the house, lest somebody else take over your role. Verse 8, And the officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him return to his house, lest because of him his brethren's minds and hearts faint as does his own. What's he saying? Look, if your mind and heart aren't in it, you might as well go back to the house. If other things have you distracted, if it's that easy for the enemy to, dis- to, to, to distract you, go on home. Because you're going to end up fighting the wrong battle. Hello? You know, in order to win, you sort of have to fight the right fight. Think about it. You know, you go down and get in the rodeo and you pay the the, the entrance fee to ride the bull, but you spend all your time out running around chasing a goat with a ribbon tied to his tail. And you come home with a lot of ribbons, but you're still not a winner. All you've done is waste your entrance fee. Hello? Why? Well, because you got there and you found out the bull was bigger than the goat. You know what? That entrance fee, it will cost you To be in the right fight. But the only way to truly have victory is to ride that bull. It's going to cost you to be in the place that God's called you to, fighting the enemy that God's equipped you to fight. But the only way to have real victory is to fight the right fight. That's why there's so many believers who have had little victories but never a major breakthrough. Well, I keep keep winning in this thing. I keep keep coming to the altar for this thing. Then I go home and two days later, I'm still defeated. Well, because you're fighting the wrong fight. You haven't really discerned your enemy. He said, you know what? If you can't get your mind wrapped around this, just go home. Because there's no reward there. You just keep missing the point. I've only got four minutes left. I want to show you something here in the Word of God that might actually help on how to put this into practice so that you can use beautiful words to increase uncommon favor. I want you to look at Psalms 34 with me. You know this one. It's a Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. (laughs) He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say, at all, at all times. No, I mean say at all times. At all times. Well, what, what if things aren't going good? At all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm becoming an all <laughs> uh, We're going to be all-timers, all right. I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what you're going through, all times is all times. Start right where you're at. And begin to bless the Lord. I love the scripture that says, if you've run with a footman and they have wearied thee, what are you going to do when they release the horses? I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, now just, we'll keep this here, but if you got your Bible, flip back over to Deuteronomy 20. It says, when you go forth into battle, I will bless the Lord at all times. And you see, enemies bigger and better than you. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not going to use my words to describe the size of the problem. I'll use my words to describe the size of my God. Don't be afraid. My soul shall make her boast in thee. Hello? When you go into battle, I will bless the Lord at all times. How about the next time you go into battle, you quit whining and you start shining? And when you see enemies and armies that are bigger than your own, let His praise continue to be in your mouth. Don't be afraid, but allow your soul to make her boast in thee. Focus on your God. It's my God on my side. God is with me, and He is mighty. Remember Zephaniah 3.17? The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. Remember that That's the God that's leading you into victory. That's the God that's leading you into the battle. How did depression end up with a bigger bedroom than you've got? You took your eyes off of the one who's leading you into battle, and you went and fought your own fight. i got to tell you something. God doesn't really care about jack-in-the-box. I wish he did, but he doesn't. I can fight that battle all I want, but I won't actually be rewarded any victory there. He's leading you towards real victory victory psalms 34 goes on to say the humble shall hear thereof and be glad people will notice your victory when it's real can i tell you something that something different will attract i'm going to wander off my notes for a minute sorry remember a few years ago i i I had a little project in the backyard Because we had had the spirit of septic failure come by. So we were battling that devil. And uh, I had, remember this? I had 19 dump truck loads of dirt delivered to my house. This is after they had done, you know, the the work. But I was going to do some landscaping. 19 dump truck loads of dirt. It started at the basketball court that wasn't there, and it went all the way up to the front where the neighbor drove by it every day. And it wasn't long till the neighbors started coming by. What you doing? He's something different. This is different. This guy's crazy, Of course, I can't tell you some of the stuff I told him I was doing. I just lied, <laughs> but it was kind of fun. <laughs> you know you get something different going on in your life, and people who normally don't notice will suddenly begin to give their attention. Can I tell you, it's just normal to fight with the cousins. Everybody does that. And your friends are kind of tired about hearing you talk about your fight with your cousins. It's kind of normal for people to experience financial hardship. That ain't really impressive to anybody. We're always trying to one-up each other, too hello well you think that's bad you ought to hear my story <laughs> well you think that's bad well i got a, i got a whole way worse than you do and we're bragging about our problem instead of bragging about our god i remember one time i i was in a borrowed car <laughs> this is my i borrowed a car from my sister i stopped at a at a stoplight and uh As I was rolling into the stoplight, a truck was cutting the corner, and I hit the brakes hard uh, because I I could tell that he was going to drag his trailer over the car. And I couldn't back up because the car right behind me almost rear-ended me because I stopped so quickly. And so the trailer went over the front of the car. So I had a logging truck run over my lap in a borrowed car. And I remember explaining to my sister what had happened to her car, And I was a little sore because I just had a logging truck run over my lap. And as I was telling her about it, I I promise you, I was telling her about the pain that I was in because I thought that would make her less upset about the car. And I'm telling her, you know, I had a logging truck drag a trailer over my lap. And she said, well, yeah, but look at this. And she had cut something on her hand. And she's trying to one-up me. That's not uncommon for you to have trouble. What's different is for you to talk more about the solution than you do the problem. Natali was abounding in favor. Not because he could really describe a problem, but because he knew how to use beautiful, extraordinary Marvelous words. When he went into battle, he blessed the Lord at all times. When he saw that anyone was bigger, his praise was continually in his mouth. When he got afraid, he said, my soul will make her boast in the Lord. You want to have uncommon favor? Change your perspective. And use your opportunity to celebrate the source of life, the Prince of Peace, and the God who is with you. He's on your side. Amen. Come on, give him one more big hand tonight. Father, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you're celebrating your God tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Your praise.